Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello, modern lovers. You know we love talking about sex, but we're going to talk about it today in a very different way, because we're going to talk about how women see men and how men see women and how relationships between couples, and because we're an inclusive community here, we're not just talking about heterosexual relationships. Anywhere in the LGBTQ spectrum, wherever you are in your journey of love, we've got your back, and we want you to understand that the dynamics of masculine and feminine power have changed. And today we're going to get into what that has to do with sex and sexuality. But first, if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, you'll want to join me Saturday, July 13th here at our Modern Love Training Academy because we are doing one of the most exciting classes we've done in quite a while. They're all exciting, but, you know, we keep upping the ante. We're going to explore tapping the quantum field, the secret power of four-way intention, love, health, happiness, and wealth. Isn't it time for you to claim yours now? So if you're ready to claim yours and you want the tools, the master techniques to open the power of the quantum field, that's the matrix, the web of life, the net of Indra. Whatever you choose to call it, it's a thing, and it's real, and we need to know how to operate those universal laws, those quantum physics laws, those spiritual laws, in order to open the blocks that we have in our energy and allow that energy of what we choose to flow in. So go to Eventbrite right now. Grab your seat. The early bird special is still on. You're going to save $200 and only pay 97 bucks. excuse me, 127 if you grab your early bird special right now. Now, so we're going to go to our Ask Dr. Brenda question, and keep your questions coming. You guys always send in great questions, and I appreciate having the opportunity to answer them for everyone's benefit. This one says, my husband and I adopted our son when he was five years old. At that time, I desperately wanted a child, and he has grown to become a bright, active teenage boy who's begun to question everything around him. We've been debating when to tell him he's adopted, but we've gotten concerned how he might react to the news. When do you suggest is the best time? Tell him now or wait until he's older? Concerned mother. Mother, look, I'm very concerned. You've already waited a long time. It is better for children to grow up knowing the truth, living the truth of who they are. So I would say immediately. There are a lot of great books out there for adoptive families. Uh, There's a book called, uh, I think it's called We Chose You. 
uh, because we love you, something along those lines, whatever, get resources and tell your son, sit him down and tell him, you are the light of our lives. We love you more than anything. We want to tell you how important you are in our lives, so important that we chose you. We found you and adopted you at five, and you right away, you were our son. Acknowledge him and share the love. Answer his questions. The questions will be incoming for a while, and one day he may want to find those bio parents because it completes the puzzle for him. But get to work right now and start talking. Do not wait another minute. I hope I was clear. Okay, let me tell you more about our guest today. We have Destin Garrick who's an internationally recognized voice in masculinity, sexuality, consciousness, and personal empowerment. He has recognized the need for new role models in men in these changing times, and he's dedicated to redefining masculinity for the 21st century man. He hosts the podcast, The Evolved Masculine, Redefining Sex, Power, and Success, And he's here with us today to share more about his discoveries of how men can evolve in today's changing world. Welcome to the show, Destin. How are you? (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Brenda. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on. Wonderful. Now, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Is it Garrick? Garrick, yes. Good. Okay, just want to make sure. We always want to give the right intel. So how did you get involved in this whole field of masculine energy, masculine sexuality, success, consciousness, all of that? Oh, you know, the way all or so many uh, men's commitment to their purpose comes from, my own pain and struggles. Um, Mine, you know, definitely had its intensity. My high school sweetheart was raped on her 15th birthday just before we met. I ended up being the first person that she told and I was 16. I had no idea how to handle it at the time. But we ended up being together for a couple of years. And I made a declaration to myself, to the universe, what have you, that I would do everything that I could to create a world where things like this didn't happen anymore. Mm. Unfortunately, through that process, I also kind of internalized the message that men and masculinity were dangerous and problematic. And so I cut unconsciously cut off from these parts of myself and retreated more and more into my feminine, which somehow seemed safer. And it took about 10 more years before I finally really recognized that something was really out of balance in my life. How did you begin to really tackle what you recognize? You said you recognized things were out of balance. You'd retreated Mm -hmm. into your masculine, which makes sense, you know, that you would be afraid of something that could hurt someone you cared about so badly. Mm-hmm. But how did you Which begin to approach shifting that? Today. I'm sorry? Um, uh, sorry to interrupt. I said that, uh, while most men don't necessarily have the same kind of intense uh, situation, that type of a, a response is increasingly common, especially amongst young men, especially in our Me Too era. Um, you know, men don't want to be that guy. They don't want to be that problem. And what right now, there's still there's so much confusion around, okay, so what are we supposed to be? 
And that is a big part of what had me uh, develop and really start putting out this notion of now, how what does I that call the old Now, I'm really curious. You said younger men are struggling with their masculine mm-hmm. identity. I don't want to be a brute who goes around hurting other people, especially hurting women. And mm-hmm. how does that affect someone who's struggling with it? What are the signs for a man who may be listening and going, oh, I recognize that? Yeah, well, um, again, I, I do think that I have found that it is a larger issue amongst men who are in, you know, in our younger generations, millennials and Gen Z, um, but it's not solely there. Uh, they're disconnected from their power. Uh, you know, they they're, have more of a tendency to have a certain hesitancy, uh, fear of doing the wrong thing, so just kind of not doing much of anything. There are a lot of women, young women today, who kind of have a certain frustration feeling like, you know, they have to choose between guys who seem completely insensitive and don't care and guys who just won't even make a move. Mm -hmm. So there's a problem for women as well as for men, but you're saying for men who feel they can't figure out whether they should move in an assertive way, if that's the right word, or, you know, make a declaration or, you know, be the one who says, hey, you know, I want to do this with you or something like that. That's a sign of what you're calling. Yeah, and it, it can extend beyond Younger men beyond being just... disconnected from their power. Yeah. Totally, totally. And it can extend beyond just the romantic aspects. So that can, you know, that's often a very strong sign. But if there is consciously or unconsciously a fear of power, uh, of um, you know, with all these examples we get in our society of men behaving badly, so to speak, and men in positions of, of power abusing that power. And if, like myself, there is conscious or unconscious determination of, I don't want to be that, there can be a, 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 a making smaller of one's own self, one's own power, for mm-hmm. fear of being something that you, that you don't want to be. But I don't believe that that's that that's truly an answer. I think that's just another symptom of the same wound. Yeah, and it's the flip side of what women have been doing. Women have been afraid of being powerful, hiding their power, trying to be this meek, docile, uh, you know, person who doesn't make waves. And now that women are finally beginning over the last, I would say, you know, 50 years beginning to evolve toward a greater sense of equality, owning feminine power, owning their voices. How does that affect men? Well, short term or long term? (laughs) Uh, I think that right now um, there is a lot of very confused and lost men uh, that change is often preceded by discomfort women were in a very uncomfortable position for quite a long time and finally hit a breaking point and massive movement was made to, to create change. To, yeah, to, uncomfortable including sexual exploitation, financial exploitation, you know, career I did not mean to minimize <laughs> apologies. Yeah, no, it's um, okay. I just, I just, I know there's some women out there going, uncomfortable? What? <laughs> I just want to acknowledge, I hear you, we feel you, 
we get it. I'm a woman, and we have all got stories and wounds. So um, I'm not I'm not nailing you, Destin. I just want to honor uh, no, no worries. the women. Who I, are <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, so so that said, um, particularly now, men are increasingly uncomfortable, and. I see a wide variety of that, that expression that discomfort can come, can be responded to with a disempowerment, uh, afraid of doing the wrong thing all the time, and it can be responded to with anger and lashing out. Um, however, you know my work is in transformation, and one thing that I've seen time and time again is that discomfort is fertile ground for radical transformation, and it this this time where we're now where men are like they don't know what to do they are uncomfortable they're afraid of x y or z i think it is driving a lot of introspection and it's messy but i do believe that it is it is forcing men to re-examine themselves so you're saying the conversation has started where there's a dialogue going and i'm grateful to hear you as someone who's working with these issues in a very active way say it is messy because we do have this tendency to expect evolution to just sort of proceed, you know, as if we're a species that's just sort of growing hoofs or something like that. And it's never linear people, and it takes a lot of energy and effort. So if you were uh, maybe telling us a story of someone that you've worked with, who mm-hmm. had to really engage in this process. Walk us through a little bit, please, Dustin, how you would approach this. Uh, yeah, sure. So I, w- I work with my clients through what I call creating a Can you give us an vision. example of somebody specific without y- divulging uh, Yeah, I think I can any do that, details? I think, I think I can it's do easier that. for people to get their heads around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Hmm. All right, so I had this uh, client um, who, this was many years ago, who felt like he was living somebody else's life, was the way he described it to me. He was doing all the things that he had always been told he was supposed to do. He married a nice woman. He, uh, you know, got a good-paying job, went to a nice school first, and... Uh, you know, work long and hard and try to provide it, what have you. And he was miserable. He was absolutely miserable and felt incredibly disempowered. Um, Because again, he wasn't living by his own rules and choices. He had fit himself into uh, a whole series of expectations. And whose expectations were those that he felt? Oh, those, those, I mean, (laughs) many uh, family, you know, parents, larger society, the message that that so many of us get of go to school, get good grades, graduate, go to a good college, maybe even grad school, get a good job, um, try to work your way up the ladder, retire with a good pension, die. Oh, don't forget to have a family in there. Right, and right. Mm-hmm. The, so he was are, following that script. Expectations. And, and then what exactly happened that, for him? Script. Now, what happened he, for him? He broke. You know, his life was started to fall apart because he was miserable and started making really bad choices. And then he found me. Mm-hmm. Um, so bad choices, yeah. including just for example, what? Uh, 
Well, one, uh, he started to be more of an absent father. Um, him and his wife were, uh, were fighting all the time. He was clearly not showing up very well with her. He started to cheat on her. He dove down the um, dark rabbit hole of the then um, pickup artist industry world. And so I had a lot of un, you know, unlearning, so I need to work with him around as well. But uh, so what we started with was really helping him craft a, a vision of what I call his evolved masculine archetype. This, this is a, a vision of self that's really the man that he would really wish, want, yearn to be in his heart. What was and most we, important for him? What was missing? What was most uh, important that was missing when well, you say a masculine that. archetype? Yeah, well, at, at base, I'd, I'd say a feeling of, of confidence and personal empowerment. Now, how does like a he man in, in get to a place of, of saying, I am competent, I am confident, I am in control of my life? What's the critical click that has to be made there for that to happen? It's hmm. an interesting way of wording that question. Hmm. So, I'm not sure if it's as cut and dry like that. I'll, I'll do my best, though. Um, I'm sure it isn't cut and dry, but if you can give <laughs> as pinpointed an example as you can, because I know people are hungry for, you know, what does it take? How do I, you know, take something away I can use now? Well, that's a whole different question. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I like firing lots of questions. Big <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've noticed that as well. So I, I've just spent the past uh, year uh, writing my book, The Evolved Masculine, Be the Man the World Needs and the One She Craves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was actually even working on it right up until I called in for your show. Um, it's about to be uh, it's due this upcoming Sunday. So I'm like, I'm going through all these very intense stories that are of my own, my own learning, my own discoveries mm-hmm. that were primarily learned through mistake. They were primarily learned through falling down and faltering hard. But the pain being so great that I had to do something. I had to learn a better way. So I do believe that a big part of this for for men is a learning uh, compassion for self in the process, and that the, these these levels of changes are often uh, done through a series of new learnings, uh, a new way of identifying. Uh, or, or understanding your own identity and who you are. Um, just to, while in different ways, um, just as women have historically um, eschewed their own power. Yeah, well, um, let's talk. So many I want to shift because we're running out of time. What about sex? You got it. One of the no, areas great. that you talk about, <laughs> yes, let's talk about sex, baby. Um, one of the things of you talk about is, thank you, mm-hmm. how men can really own their power and shift into a different model of being a masculine man in the sexual arena. What does that mean? Yeah, God, so many things. But foundationally, I involves what I refer to as mastering his sexual energy or sexual self-mastery, that um, our bodies are the ground zero foundation of our own feeling of uh, power, potency, uh, control of our, 
um, being a cause in life. If you don't, if your body's just doing whatever to you, AKA ejaculating before you wish to, um, then uh, whether that means like very quickly or whether it's just like um, just before his partner is about to have her own orgasm, he's, you know, blowing or his it. his own orgasm. Just for Yes, for that matter. Um, uh-huh. it, that tends to be a little bit of a different situation because there, there tends to be more of a shared experience and, and a deeper understanding of one, one of those experiences. Plus, m- men have a tendency to, uh, you know, be, uh, uh, boil much faster than women, mm-hmm. but women, once they get hot, you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, uh, <laughs> once they tend to get hot, they tend to stay hot a whole lot longer. So I do believe, and, you know, all the research really does show that uh, heterosexual women tend to be the least sexually satisfied. Um, so anyway, there's a reason why I... So I, you're I saying that in same-gender relationships, there's a common language, a common experience that can be shared, and people can have an yes. easier time pleasuring one another, reaching orgasm because they understand how the other person's body works because it matches their body to a certain extent. Yes. But for heterosexuals, um, there's it, a need to learn the language, if you will, and the body. Yeah, men and women don't understand person. each other. Yeah. They don't I, understand I each other physically, very sexually, fair. emotionally. Yes. So, <laughs> so, I mean, that, that, that's a huge thing. Yeah, I'm forever uh, saying that in our modern love trainings. I'm sure I sound like a broken record sometimes. Your brain <laughs> is different. Your culture is three times as large. If you are a woman engaging in a heterosexual relationship, the brain centers are different. The brain stems. I mean, it goes on and on, and it's important what you're saying. I just want to back you up. What you're saying is crucial that we learn to understand. Now, if you were coaching a heterosexual mm-hmm. couple and you're saying, hey, this is what you really need to know, to the man, what you need to know about that woman, what would you say? What's most important um, men should learn about women sexually? Yeah, number one thing is there's is what I call the magic formula. Um, finding this right balance between her need for safety and her turn on. And that most men have a tendency to place too much of an emphasis on one or too much emphasis on the other. But all of your focus on the, on the turn on, the, the, you know, how to get into her panties, uh, what have you, but without the attention to her safety, is never going to allow her to fully relax and let go into those places where her deeper desires can really emerge from. And conversely, if all of your attention is wanting to make sure that she feels safe, make sure that she just feel, feels comfortable, that you don't do anything, what have you, she can, you can end up... Um, essentially neutering this situation. So you're all, saying all the there has to be a sense of safety and trust for yes, a woman in a heterosexual relationship to really let go. So how do men cultivate that? Um, well, again, I, I view that as half the problem. And then the reason why I make this emphasis is that I have worked with plenty of men who are so focused on wanting to make sure that she feels safe that they just, you know, they come across as that prototypical nice guy. And she's like, yeah, you know, he's, he's a good guy, but, you know, he doesn't exactly make my panties wet. Mm-hmm. And, and so to really be that man, it's re- it really is about mastering both the, these qualities. To answer your question, how do you make her feel safe? One, make it a friggin' priority. 
Um, and mm-hmm. I do mean priority. If she, if you are not prioritizing her feeling of safety tr- uh, and, and trust, it is not going to be where it could be. And the full depth of her desire, the full like, intensity of her turn on, her fantasies, her full sexual expression does not come out with, without feeling that deep-rooted feeling of safety. Great. Thank you for saying that so specifically. Make it a priority. And we only have a couple of minutes left. Sure. Would you say that in your work and the process that you've evolved, that mm-hmm. there's one important role model of an evolved man that men could look toward? Other than yourself, of course. <laughs> well, I've got a book coming out this fall. Um, you know, I think yeah, we'll have you back to talk about it because people, <laughs> unless it, they can go to Amazon now and pre-order, which if you can, you guys go there and do that. Um, it, uh, it, you can find it, but it's not uh, for pre-order yet. It's very soon. Okay, now. well, um, you guys save save your firepower. Yep, yep. What we'll do instead is I want you to go to Destin's website there and check that out because you can stay in touch with him, and when the book is ready to go, you can go there and get it. Okay, here's website, everyone. Grab your pen or put it in your phone. It's evolvedmasculine.com. Evolved, E-V-O-L-V-E-D, masculine.com. Okay, got that, everyone? So, (laughs) Destin, you get the last word. What do you want to leave us with? Yeah. um, Well, I know that your audience is has a lot of women in it. So to to them, to you all, I want to say, um, I'd like to act as a reminder to you that men are in their own evolutionary journey. And we, while yes, men hold um, often the highest positions of leadership, um, you know, there's still these incredible pay disparities, et cetera, et cetera. Large swaths of men don't feel like they are truly living from their place of deepest choice and power, and they're struggling to, to thrive in these changing times and world as well. And I ask for you to hold your boundaries and also hold compassion for his process. Okay, boundaries so that women don't continue to accept the mistreatment women have chronically had to put up with. And at the same time, know that there are some men on this journey of evolution and that that's an important process. And it's one that, you know, in our training, we really invite couples to be in that process together. So it's not an either-or. Destin, I really like the work that you're doing. I like the space you're holding. And it's important. You know, a friend of mine wrote something that I want to just quote. He's a healer, someone that I really like, and I like his work. He said, at last, the divine feminine is merging again with the divine masculine so that both polarities are being held in a loving, conscious way after 2,000 years. So everyone just reflect on it's taken 2,000 years, and there's a whole history we won't get into now of what happened 2,000 years ago that suppressed the divine feminine. But at last, 
women are once again saying we're whole beings and without feminine and masculine in balance you guys all know how i feel this earth cannot heal unless we're willing to say we honor the feminine power of creation in the planet itself and protect and nurture the planet so that's my <laughs> my take on all of this is that we do need that balance so that we can save humanity and save the earth so destin i want to thank you so much for being with us everyone we're talking with destin garrick you can follow him at evolve masculine.com and i want you to join me to tap the quantum field and learn the secret power of four-way intention so that you can claim love health happiness, and wealth from a deeply spiritual, conscious place. And we will tell you more about our special guest who is joining us. Follow us at love at docwade.com, Dr. Brenda Wade on all social media platforms, and go to Eventbrite right now. Grab your ticket before the early bird pricing is over. It ends Monday, so you've got to get there quickly. And we'll see you there, modern lovers. Thank you to Cliff Dunning, our executive producer, to our sponsors, and all of you modern lovers. I love you. Blessings. 